0: So welcome back to the Growing Through Grief podcast. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a return guest, thank you, thank you, thank you. So today, wow, we have a hot guest. And I have to confess that, yes, this show is for my audience and my listeners but I'm so, so excited for myself because we're gonna be talking about some mama daughter stuff and I'm just excited to see what my guest has to say. So her name is Georgette Taylor. Georgette is the owner of Dynamic Life Enterprise, a life empowerment company created to help inspire women to build self-like, self-love and self-worth. One positive, an empowering word at a time. Georgette is a podcast host and producer of three podcasts. One is called In the Doll World Podcast. She's also the host of the Dynamic Life Show, a life empowerment coach, an inventor, and transformational storyteller. So I forgot to also share that she is the host of Good Morning Gwinnett. Good Morning Gwinnett. Welcome, Georgette.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you I'm you know, we're going to have a really good time, but an uh, empowering time too. I know that. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: So let me just share with our listeners that when Georgette says empower empowerment, Mm -hmm. A life empowerment company. I'm not mispronouncing the word. It's really empowerment for her because she knows that the power is already inside of us.
1: Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that. (laughs) Well, that word really came from just what you said. It's about knowing that your power really is all inside. And that when we start to look for things to help empower us, we can look outside to to get modalities and things like that. But in order for things to change and happen for you, it has to come from inside. So I didn't want to use the same word that people use as empowerment, even though it still means the same thing. But I wanted people to understand that when they come to me, it's all about all that inner work that you have to do in order to be empowered. That's where that word came from. And I, I realized, oh, it's a little word that I could actually use and, you know, and, and stamp uh, for my company, Dynamic Life, because the dynamic life part of my company also came from me not feeling worthy enough. And uh, it was just a word, dynamic was a word that showed up in my life that just truly really shut me down for many years. And I couldn't figure out why, after I've done so many things in my life, why I could not feel like I was dynamic. So I wanted to use that word too in my company to remind me that I am dynamic.
0: Love that. Love that. We all want a dynamic life. Yes. All want a dynamic life. So Georgette, (laughs) with your dynamic life, share with us, let's go here first and then we'll go some other places. Sure. Share with us your most compelling,
1: grief story (laughs) well (laughs) before a month ago (laughs) it was the another story of grief with my stillborn but um since then of course it has been the death of my mom and uh, it is so interesting that we have well it's never interesting it is always enlightening and eye-opening how the universe works because today my brother posted on facebook it's been a month since my mother passed away And I realized I was doing this show and I'm thinking, wow, I didn't really think about it. And I was just reading the things that he had said about my mom and his connection with my mom. And and it really made me smile. So I think for me, the most compelling and obviously heart-wrenching grief story that I have is the one about my mom passing and me, yeah, dealing with that. Just dealing with that on an everyday basis, and just reminders everywhere, you know, that she's still here, and she's still around, and uh, she still supports me, and and all the things that I have ever done and will continue to do in my life. So.
0: Yes, yes. So that thirty day period, mm-hmm. it's amazing that you mentioned that because I lost my brother April thirtieth. Oh. like every thirty days, some new insight some new breakthrough something new is happening in this (laughs) 30-day increment Mm -hmm. so yeah kudos to your brother yes bringing that forward for you because sometimes we get caught up and we miss those signals those signs that Someone
1: mm-hmm. loved one is still sending back to us yes. they're not here physically it's true it's true and it's so funny I was reading some of the comments you know that people were making and my cousin mentioned that she had just had a dream about my mom and I thought to myself wow like I have not had a dream about my mom yet since she's been gone but to piggyback on what you just said is that it's these little things that that she throws, that she puts in the way for me to remember her. So I don't necessarily always have to have a dream about her. But I felt a little weird. Like I was like, I haven't dreamt about my mom yet, you know? But uh, yeah, it's all those little connections that, you know, that the spirit makes with you to let you know that they're still around. So it it was also interesting because in the comments when I was reading, which were mainly from my cousins and my family friends, you know, that were on Facebook that were responding to his message, One of the things that stood out was my cousin mentioned how my mother used to be able to sing. He he made this comment. He said, many, many Rippleton had nothing on her. And it just it made my heart sing because I was recently just writing some information about who she was as part of a like a memorial, like little booklet for her because next month we all get together, for, we're gonna to celebrate her and do a dinner in New York. And I wanted to present something to the people who were attending. And so I'm writing a little memorial, you know, not a fly, but a little booklet with some memories. And I started writing her story. And that was one of the things that I finished, had just finished writing was how she could sing and how i remember when i was growing up she went back to school to be a home attendant and so she they had a graduation at this, this auditorium in new york and i remember her doing the talent show being part of the talent show and she sang this song by a, a group called new birth and it was a really tough song and i remember her practicing and practicing in my house and i remember just being there with her watching her sing because she never really utilized her voice in any other way except for church you know but she never stepped out and did anything else with it and I remember her saying she wanted to be an opera singer at one time in her life but you know things happen and your life changes but it was just so it was so ah, it was just so emotional for me to read that comment that he made because not too many people knew how well she could sing and I remember that that was a story I really wanted to tell in this little memorial because I think it's all those little tiny things that you remember from a person that, you know, they either don't get to do that in their own lives or that you, you experience and that, you know, it's just that moment that you think, wow, that was so special, you know, between us. Cause I got to see her do that. And I know how well she could sing. And every time I play that song a lot and every time I hear it, it just, just fills me up because I, I knew how proud she was at that moment that she, was able to use her voice that way and so,
0: but you, so you said a lot there I hate to interrupt you but you yeah, said so no much Ed, and I don't want our listeners to miss it and I know you have a love story with your mom and mm-hmm. we're going to go to that but in in the conversation you just had number one you gave us a great tip because we tend to forget as time moves on, not our loved ones, but we forget those fun memories that we have with our loved ones. Mm -hmm. So doing that memoria in preparation for your event in New York, that's beautiful. So anybody who start journaling, start writing things down Mm -hmm. that you remember now so that you won't forget. And you also leaving those back for your kids. Now, I also heard that you felt very emotional about the things that were being said on Facebook. Are you okay to share what a little bit about those emotions and how you navigated through them?
1: Um, I think one of the emotions that I felt was sadness in a way. I think one with my, not for my brother, but I guess the relationship that they had that I didn't have with her because of the fact that he was with her all the time every day pretty much you know i don't live i didn't live in new york and so that physical everyday connection of you being with somebody that you care about and when somebody else is able to fill that space or you know or be part of that i think well for me i felt a little sad that right. that experience wasn't something that i had with her on a regular basis
0: and what did you do with that? Situation?
1: Well, I kind of just sat in it for a minute. <laughs> I, just, I just kind of let it be, you know. I I read what he wrote and I was getting ready to respond, but I couldn't respond at the time. I just had to think about why I was feeling so sad because at first when I read it, I didn't know why I was feeling so sad. And then I, I really sat with it for a minute and I realized, oh, this is why I'm feeling sad because I didn't have that, even though I had great relationship with my mom and, and the closeness it wasn't physical like that it wasn't an everyday type of situation with us and so yeah so I kind of I kind of let it wash over me for a minute there and then when I the other sadness for me was when my, my my cousin said well I just dreamt about you know my aunt and she 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 hugged me she kissed me and said she loved me and I felt kind of sad because I was thinking well I haven't dreamt about my mom yet that made me feel really really sad it just made me feel really sad. So um, I went in the bathroom and I, I kind of stood there for a minute and I, I have words around my house from my uh, card deck. And I, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But, And when I looked up the word said authentic, and I had to really start to think about, okay, well, um, I am feeling authentic right now because I'm really sad that she hasn't come visited me. Yeah. And she hadn't come visited me yet. And then I said, well, I how come she hasn't visited me yet? But then I start, started to think then she does in different ways. And that's what really made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> so what I'm
0: hearing is, and I hear it a lot, is there may be a little comparison mm-hmm. with yeah. one over the other. And if we look at that sadness for me, I'm more comfortable being sad than I am being angry. Yes. Or than yes. I am feeling guilt. Yes. So I love that you said you just let it wash away." Yes, you I really did. Be with, you were just with that moment as opposed to pushing it down, swallowing it. But you, you were just there. You were present with it. And then it passed through. I also heard you talk a little bit about sibling grief because your brother is also going through his own unique process as you are, and maybe you will never get a dream. Right. You're getting your (laughs) own unique flavor based on your experience with mom, which is, I'm just, I just want to go there. I can't, I want to go there. Tell me about, and you and I talked a little bit about this. Tell Mm -hmm. me about your love story with your mom. And specifically, I'm talking about, you shared with me that you don't ever recall having, surely you had an upset with mom, but not Mm to the extreme where you didn't speak to each other. And, you know, just tell me, briefly tell me about your love story with mom.
1: Well yeah, I think what you said is right. I mean, of course we have, you know, we're still a mother and daughter at the end of the day. So yes. <laughs> we, we we've had our old disagreements, but we have never had those dragged down fights, those arguments where I am, you know, saying things to her that I said, "Oh, I sh- I shouldn't have ever said that to my mom." I mean, I think we respected each other and that meant a lot to me. And we would just we always talked and like you were saying with my brother, it was different. He was physically there and present all the time, but we talked all the time, me and my mom, like we didn't go a week without talking, you know, and she was always supportive of me. When I, even when I, when I got pregnant, when I was 15, going on 16, there was never that thing. Like, I can't believe you're out there doing that. Like, or why would you do that? You know, you're too young to have a child. She was really supportive all the time. I mean, she, that's just who she was. And so that's really is my love story about, and I think that's why I try to be very supportive with my own children and be there for them. And know no matter what disagreements we have that they can always pick up the phone and call me and tell me anything. And that that was my mom to me, you know, I could tell her anything, we could talk about anything. And we just never had a contentious relationship, you know, and I mean, I feel blessed in that because I I know so many people do have contentious relationships with their parents or you know their siblings or their mother-in-laws and things like that. But we just never really had that. So I I think for me, my sadness and my grief about my mom is just that she's not there for me to talk to. You know, it's it's never it's not that sadness or grief that I did something wrong and and I don't have time to fix it. You know, it's it's a different so there's no guilt there. No. Mm-mm. So tell us,
0: how did having that relationship with your mom, and I know you have a circle of women around you, and I ask you this question for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal life is that mom died when I was three, so I didn't have right. the role model, that same-sex role model that science researchers doctors they all say that is so so important so it was missing from my life mm-hmm. and it shaped my life in terms of relationship with other women in ways that was a little bit challenging yeah no I, and I <laughs> can totally understand that yes yeah, I can understand that yes so tell me how did having that great relationship with your mother shape your life when it comes to relationship with other
1: women Oh, that's interesting that you said that because I I tend to like I love having friends. Right? That's my thing. I love having friends and and I have really long friendships with women. I still have friends today that I went to school with, that I worked with when I was 15 or 16. We still talk on a regular basis. And I think because I didn't have any sisters <laughs> that my relationship with my mom became like that. Even though the relationship with her was never, I i never thought like, well, she's my sister so I could act this way. I always knew she was my mom. Right. You know, that that never changed as far as the dynamics. Like, this is my mom, this is, she can be my friend, but she's still my mom, trust me, <laughs> you know? And so I had that respect and, and, and understood that. But I think that the bond that we've had, that we have because I didn't have any sisters, she was that person for me, and 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 I and I also saw her with her sisters. Mm-hmm. She had sisters, and her and her was it? I'm trying to think, my auntie Connie was the middle sister, I believe. But they were like, they were thick as thieves, you know. They had a great relationship. They were always at my house. My cousins was always at my house. If we didn't spend one weekend, if we weren't walking into Harlem, but they were coming into the Bronx, you know, and they were very close. And so I think watching them helped me in a way, you know what I mean? It kind of rubbed up on me because I had that relationship with my mom that I thought women were important in her life and they became important in my life. And so, yeah, so I had a lot of friends and I still have a lot of friends today that are a lot of women friends. And I love my friendships. I love my friendships with my, with my friends because they all are so empowering, you know, and I, yeah, I get to see them in their strength and in their weakness and we can share that. And so that, that makes me excited, you
0: know. That is beautiful. So you yeah. have you have role model that was yeah. modeled for you.
1: It was, yeah,
0: I did. So I don't want to dismiss, but before we go there, let's talk a little bit about the sibling grief. Anything <laughs> that you can offer the audience about how do you grieve with your siblings or any challenges?
1: Any tips that you can give the audience? You know, I, wow. You know, uh, any tips? Okay, so I I think for me the biggest tip is that you have to allow people to grieve the way they have to grieve. That's all I could say because no matter how you feel about it, somebody else feels differently and they go through stuff differently. And I, I remember my brother, when I remember talking to my brother, and I kept asking him, how you know, how are you doing? Every time we talk, are you okay? He's like, oh my gosh, people keep asking me that. And he was getting frustrated. And he said to me, you know, I spent a lot of time with mommy. So I feel differently about that. He said, yes, I, I do grieve because I, I mean, I love her. And you know, I miss her. He said, but I got to spend time with her. So I'm not grieving that part. You know, I just, he said, and I realized he has to do his grief differently. You know, my other two brothers, my my oldest brother, who is he's the oldest boy. I'm the oldest child, and his is totally different. He's very quiet. He doesn't talk a lot, but that's who he is. And my uh, my my middle brother, he talks all the time. He and every time I talk to him, he's all of these old memories about the family, about what mommy wanted from him, you know, what mommy expected of him, you know, and that kind of stuff. But that I think that's the biggest tip. You have to allow people to grieve the way that they know how or the way that they need to and not put what, what you expect people should do or be or act a certain way on them. And you allow yourself to to, 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 to grieve. yeah. That. Yeah.
0: So what would you share, tell a woman who is maybe estranged with her mom or she and her mom don't necessarily get along?
1: Right, yeah. Um,
0: and I heard you say something that reminded me to ask you this question you said mommy i have a very good friend who is her mom is 90 plus very Mm -hmm. powerful young lady and they still have some struggles some challenges Mm -hmm. but every time she speaks about her mom she calls her mommy and it melts my heart when she (laughs) says that it really really does and I also heard you talk about you and your mom respected each other. What would you share with a woman who doesn't necessarily respect her mother or mm.
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, I I find that I think if people really spend time asking their parents questions about their lives, I think that that is important because you don't know what kind of life they truly lived before they became a mom (laughs) and those things play into who you are and how you navigate anything in life whether it's parenthood or business or life in general and i think it would give them a different insight to who that person is and maybe some of the struggles that they are having because of you know how they were raised or what they thought about or and I think a lot of times as, as kids, we forget that our parents were, are people, you know? <laughs> they're people, that they have their own insecurities, they have their own fears and things like that. And so I would say to them, you know, just take yourself out of the equation, yeah. right? And spend time with them and ask them questions. And there, at times they may not gonna wanna talk about it because it may be very hurtful for them, but just do your best to try to find about find out about their story, because their story relates to how they relate to you as well. And I think um, also the other thing that I would suggest to them is to the things that do you guys do find in common, you know, make more of those moments, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I love that.
0: So, so what I heard you say, what resonated for me was, know your mother's story. Take yeah. the time to get to know her story and your grandmother. And because this is generational things, you know? Yes. One generation to the next. And yeah. I firmly believe that we can heal it all and that no one is to blame because you don't know who to blame. Right. Because my right. mom came in with her stuff, who passed right. on to me, and then right. I passed on to my kid. So who are you blaming?
1: Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, it makes you think about how you are with your children, because we, because we as parents always want to think we're, we're just the best thing. You know, we, we do so much better than our parents did or whatever the case may be, but you know, it's, and it's because, you know, you learn certain things along the way that your parents might not have learned, you know, until 50 years later. And it's hard sometimes to change when you are, when you've been running that, uh, that story in your head, you know, or that story of your life. And so that's what I, that's the two tips that I can leave. I hope that's helpful to somebody out there, you know, it's just, you know, find out more about their story because, you know, at the end of the day, when they're gone, you don't, you can't find out anything. So, you know, just talk to them, you know, ask them questions. And then also, as I said, just Connect on the things that you guys really do have in common or the things that do make your relationship, you know, mm-hmm. wonderful. Just, just, re, just, if it's about going to the movies, man, just spend time at the movies. If it's about sharing a book that you read, that, that she reads, then do that, you know, because those are the moments that are really going to matter at the end of the day, really. Yes,
0: love that, love that. You know? You mentioned a second grief event. hmm if you want to go there, that's great. If not, that's okay too. Anything you would like to offer to a woman who has maybe mm. had a miscarriage or lost a baby or? Ooh.
1: <laughs> the things that I could tell you that helped me was the same thing I I told you about with your mom. To, for, if you have to talk about it, you have to find that one thing, that one source, that one person, that one you know, place to talk about it. Because we spend so much of our lives just not talking about it because we know it, because it does hurt. It truly does hurt. And I spent 40 years not talking about it. And so and when I look back, I realize it. my life probably would have been different. I don't know. But I do know that by me talking about it helped somebody else out there to talk about it and to be able to, I think once you talk about it, then you can then you could find a way to live with it better, you know, because you're always going to live with it. It's always going to show up for you, but you really need to have that person or that place or that. Let me back up a minute. I remember when I was doing my storytelling about me having my, my my stillborn when I was 16 years old and I was eight months pregnant. So I was on very, very much full term in a way. And I remember being afraid to tell the story. And I remember as soon as I told the story, and trust me, it was not an easy thing to do, the, the transformational storytelling, it was very hard. I have not talked about it for years. But when I told that story, I remember somebody in the audience, after we had the, the end of the, the storytelling, we invited people to ask questions. And somebody in the audience said to me, thank you, because she had a sister who had a, who had a stillborn, and she could not talk to her sister. And she knew her sister was grieving and going. She did not know what to say. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. Nobody knows what to say to you. And no matter what they say to you, it's never going to get rid of the pain. Okay, But it allows you to start the conversation. And that's what she wanted. The sister wanted something to help her to start the conversation with her sister. So she was able then to use my story and say, hey, I heard about this woman who had this happen. And she said it, you know, she said she felt that it would open up so many things for her because now she had something to hold on to that she could pass on to her sister. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, being direct and saying, well, how did that affect you? She can piggyback off on of my story you know, and have her sister open up and talk more about what was going on with her. And I just think that's so important. You really need to have a space and people, even for shows like this, Diana, to, to be able to come out and share these things because it's it can do so much more damage when, it's, when it stays internalized. And the other thing I want them to know is that you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, you will be okay. And the process that you have to go through is the process that only you can go through, but you will be okay. Forty years later, I have two amazing sons, and you will be blessed with so many more opportunities. You know, to to have to have a child, be it if it's natural or if it's an adoption or anything like that. But just know that it's going to be okay. And but to please find somebody to talk to you about it because it is something that's it's very emotional and uh, it's very and it could be very raw every time you open it up. But I think the more you open up, the more opportunities you get to heal from it faster, Absolutely. in a way. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, it's I has been know, 40 years. <laughs> I know that. that story of
0: spending <laughs> decades not knowing that I was grieving and I mm-hmm. need to process because people don't talk about. Right. Death. Well, back then, people didn't talk about death. And I was telling you before we started the show is yes, we're talking about death. But we're also talking about life. And we want to bring some fun in there (laughs) as you're doing with the memory book, with the ceremony you have. So you want to continue to live life, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones that are still here, i.e. your boys. Yeah. I have three girls. So I know Mm -hmm. what it feels like to go for decades not mm. grieving, not knowing you need to grieve. Right, that's the other thing, right? Grieve. So yes. your transformation of storytelling is, that's some powerful work. Yes. Um, I heard Ooh. you say one thing, and I just want to add to it. You said you will share with others. You'll never get rid of the pain. And I would just like to add to that. Part of one of my program is I teach people how to, Reframe the story mm-hmm. in a way that it's more loving,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: it serves you well, but it also creates that space to honor and be with the person that you've lost. And yeah. you've said it several times physically, mom is not here, spiritually, energetically, you're still working with mom, you're still connecting with mom, whether it's journaling. Or however Mm -hmm. you decide to do it. So as long as we, and I'm not, there's no timeline in grieving. However long it takes you to grieve, it takes you to grieve. That's your time frame. Right. Ready to start shifting the way you're holding the pain around grief. Then it creates more space for you to honor and love your loved one and those memories
1: you have. That is, that is so true and that is so powerful, Diana. But the, the other thing too, I when you were just talking about that, does it make a difference how long it takes to grieve because it's what you have to do? I think that is so important because I think a lot of times people will look at somebody else and say, oh, well, that happened and why are they not doing this, right? Why are they not crying all the time? Why are they not, why they seem so happy? You know, (laughs) it's because that's how they process it. And I think we try to put our ideas on how people should grieve. You can't do that. You know, you just, you just can't do that. And it's so funny because I did feel a little bit guilty because I realized I wasn't in that space of grieving the way that I thought other people should be should be grieving on what I have learned, you know. How are you? You, you, go, through, you go through these stages and all of this stuff, and I was like, "Well, those stages I didn't go through, or maybe I've just..." I'm saying to myself, "I knew I loved my mother, but why am I not crying all the time, or why do I feel happier today than I did?" It was just weird. Like I had to go through that process myself because I expected me to grieve according to the way other people assumed I should grieve if you understand what, if you're trying to, you know what I mean? If you know what I'm saying with that.
0: Let me just share about those stages you just mentioned. And Kubla Ross, when she talked about the stages, she was talking about death. She -hmm. was talking about someone who is preparing to die. And the Grief Recovery Institute and many other researchers and scientists have tried to come around, come back and correct the way people are starting to carry that information. Mm-hmm. There are no particular stages that everyone goes through. It's different for each of us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So one person may never go through anger mm-hmm. or denial. No. You know? So it's different for everyone. There's no particular those five stages or not meant for grievers, because we go through different things at different mm. times. So yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. And so how are you processing when the guilt comes up, we call that guilt the other G. Grief <laughs> and guilt. So when it comes up for you, what would you offer to our listeners? How, how are you handling any guilt that's popping in and out?
1: Well, I think for me, I, I guess I've been doing a lot of work on myself for so long. Yeah. <laughs> that has helped. Honestly, that has helped because because of the work, it gives me an opportunity to stop in the middle of all of that stuff that I'm going through and, re- and, 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 and trying to talk through what, what's happening. You know, that's just how I process things now because, and I guess it is because of all the work I've been doing. So if I do feel like I'm in that space, I will let myself cry. I really, I will let myself cry. I'll let myself ball up and just cry. And when I feel like I'm finished crying, then I will just either read something or I will use some of my affirmations that I wrote, or I will just talk about it to myself. You know, and I will just honestly say, okay, well, yeah, I felt really bad about that. You know, I had to cry that out. But what does that mean for me? But that, but that's just how I process things now. So I think we, we said this earlier, it's just to allow it to be. Yeah. Just allow it to be because we're all humans and it's going to show up. And I don't really care how much work you're doing yourself, right? How much stuff we're doing to improve and to empower ourselves, we are still human. And things will show up and things will knock you down. Right? But I think doing the work on yourself allows you to bounce back quicker and allows you to find those resources or those little things that you learn to do to help you to get through the next wave, right? Because it's always waves, you know, it's it's always going to be a wave. Oh so let me reflect
0: a, a little bit. You've given us a lot of tips. And I wrote them. Oh, that's good. I'm so happy. (laughs) Yes, I wrote them down. So let me just, the very first one you gave was about the memoria, the memories, writing things down. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Know your mom's story or your loved one's story. It could be dad dad or your child. Right, yes. And I threw in that generation of there's no one to blame because we don't know who to blame. This started way before us, right Exactly, way right before us. Um, but I love when you said, if you're a stranger, or you and mom don't quite, don't have the love story that you and your mom, right. had, find that one thing, that commonality that you both enjoy doing together and yeah. let that carry you through. Let that carry you through. Now I know there was some others. I'm not really thinking of them at this point, but those are some. How old? Oh, the other one was the sibling grief or cousins, whoever. Right. Allowed people to have their grief, to experience their grief the way they need to experience their grief. Yeah. So we given the other person 100% permission. <laughs> to right. do grief the way they would like to do grief <clears throat> yes and you hold your 100% to do grief the way you would like to do
1: grief exactly exactly
0: that and reduces all the suffering that reduces all the upsets yeah uh, the things that we do when someone passes yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. What's up? wow we're moving right along and it's moving <laughs> really really fast um <laughs> Any other thing that you think you would, that we missed that you would like to share? You talked about how you're moving through uh-huh. the process. Mm-hmm. Because the, this podcast, podcast is called Growing Through Grief, <laughs> maybe share one, two things, a big, profound growth that you've experienced, let's say in the last 60 days.
1: Hmm, big, profound growth that I experienced in the last 60 days. You know, I, ooh, Diana, that's a good one. Because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think of them as these big things. I think of them all these little tiny things yeah, that well, happened. You know what I mean? Those little tiny things that happened for me. I think one of the things that for me was just being able to write the story. Because I was struggling with that. Like, you know, since we, since my mom w- was cremated and we didn't have a service service, I get in my mind, well, I really want to have something, you know, so everybody could take home with them when I meet with everybody, you know, again. And so for me, writing that down, it was interesting. It was very much like my storytelling, because I think the hardest part for me doing my storytelling when I had the, the stillbirth and was doing the transformational storytelling was writing it down had to write my story down Yes, and you start to edit it along the way, you know, you're like, Oh, I don't want to use that word. Oh, I don't want to use that. Instead of just being in the moment. So I think the biggest growth for me was writing her story down, all the little things that she told me, all the conversations that we had, all the little things that I connected with and just sitting with that. I mean, I literally, it took me, I don't know, she's been gone for a month so it took me about four or five weeks and I didn't write anything down until last night yeah because I couldn't I I couldn't because then it became way more real then you know that I'm writing this down to share with other people about who she was and not not who she is currently physically here so that for me was it was it was really interesting because, and it's weird because I didn't think about it until just now about how the writing of that story was just as like scary and powerful for me as it was when I wrote down my own story. But it was just the writing of it that made it more real, you know, that she wasn't here. And this is what I was writing that story about because she wasn't here. And I wanted people to experience, Okay, I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> i wanted people to experience who she was and and all the little things that made her who she was as a person and i think that that's you know instead of the regular obituary that people have i wanted them to know the little nuances of who she was and the things that she wanted to do in her in her life and uh, that some people may not have known but i was blessed to find that out so
0: Yeah, that's the key here. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Know your mother's story. The fact that you're in a position to be able to write all these beautiful, delicious details about who your mother is, had you not chosen to have that love story, that connection with your mother, that respect for your mother, you wouldn't be able to write the story the way you're going to write the story. That's beautiful. (laughs) Not many, a a lot of women just don't have, haven't had that experience with their
1: mother and they're in a different place than you. Yeah, and I I, I totally agree. I totally understand that. And I think that's what I treasure most about that is because I am I am able to do that and, and just want to be able to, to utilize that, you know, for people who still are able to connect, you know, who, who have their mom still here to know that that is I think that that is really important. Don't waste do. time with the petty stuff, right? Right. Because it's not it. worth it, man. So you know, week before we just have a few more
0: minutes, I can't in this without first talking about you are the affirmation queen <laughs> well thank you I'm gonna, i guess you i have to own that own <laughs> it how are you using your i am statements during your grief process
1: man i use them almost every night I find some time with this in my office before I go into the the room to go to sleep. If I'm doing work, I'll sit here at night and I'll just, you know, I basically wrote them so I can feel connected to my mom and so I can remind myself that she's still around me. So I'm always, and feel that that I'm always blessed. So I use them. I have about four or five of them that I use. So I'll share one. I have one that says, I am blessed to have had a wonderful relationship with my mom. I am blessed to have my mom still watching and loving over me. I am blessed that I can allow her spirit to be free without any guilt. And I am always loved. You know, I, those, are the, those are the ones that I use because I felt those were the, the closest to me. You know, I mean, those are things. And, and even in affirmations, the, they have to be things that you write, that you feel connected to. Right. You can't. I mean, you know, you can find some that other people have written that that inspires you. But I think when you're writing them down to get through something that means something that's really personal to you, then they have to be written by you. Right. And you have to. It's all
0: about the feeling.
1: It's about the feeling. It's just not intellectual. It's just not words. Exact. No, it can never just be because. The energy behind the words and the feeling behind the words is what is what creates the movement, right? Is what creates the the synergy, right? The connection that you have with the words that you're speaking. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, I, was, I use a lot. I use a lot. <laughs> I use a lot. <laughs> beautiful That's
0: beautiful. I would like to share with any listener who maybe their mom has passed and their experience was different from yours. Yes, yes. Um, maybe mom was absent in mm-hmm. their life. Maybe mom was not emotionally right. available to do, to be the mom that they They,
1: they needed, wanted. right. Mm-hmm. And
0: the same process can happen. Uh, we can still use the I am statements. Yes. Statements. If there's any space, any need to... Forgive, you know, the forgiveness process. And when I talk Mm -hmm. about forgiveness, in most cases, I'm talking about forgiving yourself. It's about the self, the self, the self-forgiveness, which is how we started this conversation. The dynamic of your your business, it's about self-like, it's about self-love, it's about self-compassion. So when I speak of forgiveness, I know years and years and years I was taught, well, you have to forgive others. I cannot forgive others until I forgive myself first. So if you're listening to this conversation and your situation is different from Georgette's, know that it's okay.
1: It's
0: okay. It's It's okay. It's okay. It's just a process that you were given to deal with. So don't push it down, get support, get that circle of women that Georgette has just talked about. So with the next few minutes that we have, I want to shift a little bit. Let's talk about what you're up to. What are you doing now? Uh, has anything changed over the past 30 days? Like you were headed in this direction with those three podcasts, but now <laughs> mm, no, I'm going this
1: direction. I'm going this direction. Oh, my goodness. Uh, nothing's, I mean, as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, nothing's, well, the only thing that's changed is my dynamic life show. I'm getting ready to pick that back up. That has been on hiatus. And the dynamics life show was a, really a solo podcast of my own that I, I wrote and I did. It was about inspiring messages, inspiring stories, and, and connecting people to the words that I use every day. But then I was... Um, got the amazing idea to do this doll podcast so yeah. and um, and that's that's part of my journey too as a inventor and co-creator of a plus-size fashion doll <laughs> back in the day like 20 years ago but I wanted to um to do a podcast to talk about all the creators people that was that were in that community that other people probably didn't know about and so that has really taken on a lot of life of its own. So that's why my Dynamic Life show has been put on hiatus for a little bit. But I do plan yeah. on starting that by the end of the month and definitely by August 1st. I'll have my, my uh, newest episode out for the Dynamic Life show. So that has changed because before, I didn't think I was going to do it again. But I will be doing that again because I love inspiring people. And um, that's another way for me to do that is to do, is to do that podcast. Like I said, my my In the Doll World podcast is um, taking off. We've gotten a lot of interviews within the doll community, and I'm and I'm really blessed and uh, just very happy that it's uh it's moving in a really good direction. And I am going to be showcasing in August my positive word word share community. So it deals with a lot of words and I want people from around the country to participate because I want people to share positive words with with other people. And so I created a a campaign called uh, I'm a positive word sharer and uh, that'll be live on my website in August to talk about how people can participate in that. Because just like you said, you have to feel the energy. You have to, I think for me, utilizing words to help people understand all the amazing qualities that are a part of them. Right. That we don't get to speak and we do not receive very well a lot of times. <laughs> so You're
0: making that statement, reminded me of what you said at the beginning, uh, which we don't have time to go into, but you said you had lived your life not feeling good enough. So yeah. those words, those affirmations, yeah, just bring it, it brings the truth back, you know, the lies we tell ourselves. So yeah, Georgette, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've thank
1: so thank you, Diana.
0: This. You've given the listeners so many growth tools and there's so, so many more, so many more. So thank you. And for our listeners, I hope you got something, something. If you only got one nugget that will help you move the needle, yes, yay, yay, yay. So thank you for listening and I will see you next week. In the meantime, keep on growing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.